operator error on my end, like when we get up here to do worship, nothing works because I didn't turn anything on. So uh, it's so good to see you guys this morning. Um, I was thinking about it as I was walking up and I just, it's so cool getting to see everybody's faces from up here. But then when you take like two steps forward, you can see your faces a little bit more and it's just an honor to get to speak to you guys today. So uh, thank you, pastors, for having me. And if you didn't know, I'm married to one of the drummers. Last time I said the drummer, and I'm like, there's like two or maybe three drummers, so that I'm married to one. It's C.W. Wagley. So, <laughs> but um, I was sitting there, actually, I was standing there because I wasn't sitting on stage. But when Lynette was just praying and just speaking all of those things, all I could hear was, he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And it's so interesting because before I came here this morning, literally this whole week, like, went to junk. Like, there were so many things that got in the way and tried to distract me and tried to pull me away from God. And actually, standing there, I could feel, like, my throat swelling up. So in Jesus' name, it's not going to shut and we'll be all good. But... I just heard that very clearly. He supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So take hold of that this morning with what Lynette said, because God is doing something big. And I don't know if you guys have felt it. Maybe you haven't, and that's okay if you haven't felt it. But God is birthing something new on the inside of every person in here, whether you know it or not, whether you see it or not, like the song says, in Waymaker, even when we don't see it, God, you're working. And so he's taking every person, maybe just, oh, perfect. Thank you. Um, and he's bringing us into this newness, into this place. So how many of you have been here either last week or the week before? Raise your hand. Great. If you weren't there, you're not in trouble. Don't worry. But we have been talking about pioneering. And so the first week, Pastor Darren talked about decluttering and going through Isaiah of God bringing and doing a new thing. And so then Pastor Lynette got to speak last week and she started talking about awakening the forerunner in us, awakening that pioneer spirit and putting action to the greaterness that God is calling us into. And so, God, we just come before you this morning, and we ask that you would awaken our hearts. God, quicken our hearts to hear clearly and be able to discern your voice. God, we pray right now that all distractions would have to be gone in Jesus' name, God, that you would be at the forefront, that our focal point this morning is at the center of your heart, God, that as we look into your eyes, they would be locked and the distractions would would fade away, God. Let us encounter you in a new way this morning, God, That so that we could learn to pioneer your new ways that you have. God, but ultimately that we give you glory 
And we bring honor to your name for everything that comes forth this morning. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, good. So, uh, I want to talk to you guys about something. And I think, I don't know, Lisa, if you got it up on there. Uh, if she has it, she'll put it up there. But I wanted to talk to you guys about pioneering the purpose of returning to your first love, which our first love is Jesus. Um, and this is going to be a really weird request, Elise, but is there a way to turn off that TV up there? It's like really weird colors and that's my distraction right now. <laughs> so we're just going to thank you. Okay. So we are going to be talking about pioneering the purpose of returning to your first love, which is Jesus and returning to the first fruits, which are the gifts and callings from the Lord. So when we pioneer with purpose, we have a choice. And if we take the one choice, we can try to pioneer without God, which I don't know about you guys, but have you ever tried to do something without God? You've tried to take it in your own hands thinking, I can do this all by myself. I got this. Has it gone well or is it just me? Because it doesn't really go very well for me. So I've had to learn just X that out, like cross that out. Don't do that. But then we have the choice to pioneer with God. And so if we put God at the forefront of our pioneering, we, number one, we're coming back to the first love of our relationship with Jesus, where things are awakened and things are rebirthed. But then we also take that second aspect where we come back to the first fruits of who God called us was, how, who God called us to be. And so Lynette was talking this morning and she said she felt like we needed to talk about identity and she was praying over identity. And I think, well, that's totally Holy Spirit because If we don't, number one, come back to our first fruit and know who Jesus is, then how do we know who we are, right? Because we're supposed to look like Jesus. So when we purpose this first fruit, we're surrendering our hearts. We're yielding our hearts. We're giving everything to Jesus instead of just incorporating him and like dragging him along with us. Cause like we said, when you go this way and you're doing it by yourself, you're just incorporating him. Like there's no complete connection. There's no relation. But when we're coming back to the first love of who Jesus is and coming back to the first fruits of who called who he called us to be, that's the identity that we walk in, right? Because we want to look like Jesus. I want to look like Jesus. Do you guys want to look like Jesus, right? Maybe without the beard for us women, but you know, the modern day clothes, I don't know. So anyways, if you guys would turn to Proverbs 3, 9, and I'm going to be reading from the New King James Testament. And it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So how much? All. Right. So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow. Now, if you don't know what vats are, they're not vats. Because I had to look it up. I'm like, what is a vat? And it said a vat is a large vessel. So just think about that for a second. So it says, your barns will be filled with overflow. So when we're overflowed, we're filled to the capacity that spreads beyond limits with new wine. And so when I took that word that and I put it into a large vessel, I'm not saying we are large vessels, but on the same page, 
maybe not physically, but we are large vessels. Like God has made us to consume all the riches and glory that we need, right? Through him. So if we are being filled, we're the vessels. Say, I am a vessel. We are being filled to overflow. And when God fills us, we don't want to just keep it inside. We want to overflow so that it's for a greater purpose for other people. If we're only coming on Sunday to just fill, 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 fill us, and we never put that out to anybody else, never minister, never talk about Jesus, then what are we good for? So God is filling us up to overflow. But then when we pour out, God is filling us back up, and he's continually giving us new wine. So first fruits are mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's probably like over 60 times that it's mentioned, I think is what it said. And a lot of times when I thought of the first fruits, I thought of Exodus with the Israelites and them offering up their first fruits to God. And then another one that I had thought of was Nehemiah. And it says, we obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all the trees of the year. So that's yearly bringing our gifts and our offerings to God. And so I'm sure some people could probably say they still feel like it was like a religious task to bring your first fruits to the Lord. But in the Old Testament, it's talking about bringing that first fruit and that offering. But really what they were doing was they were thanking God and acknowledging him for everything that they had because everything they had belonged to him. One other thing that I had looked up about the first fruits and the offerings to God was that it's a pledge of hope of a greater harvest to follow. So if you go back to that vessel, because we're supposed to overflow, when we bring our first fruits, we're not only offering them to God, we're saying, God, we're going to put you at the forefront of everything, but also we're being filled to have that overflowing, to have that new wine because we're the vessels that's, that God is using. And so I ask you guys, are we purposing to return to our first love, Jesus, and to purpose to return to the first fruits of who he has called us to be? Are we giving God the things that he wants? He doesn't tell us we have to do it, right? God is such a gentleman, But he wants those things. Why would we try to walk on our own and carry our own things when he says, bring everything? Do you notice the difference between give and bring? If we're giving it to him, it's almost like we're going this way saying, I'm giving you what I have because it's mine. I have it. But if we're bringing it, it are, he already gave it to us. So we're bringing our identity. We're bringing the first fruits. We're bringing our love back to Jesus. We're bringing our identity and the things God has called us to do and putting motion into that. So in James, if you guys would, let's turn to James 1.17. And again, this is out of the New Kings. King, New Kings. There's only one king. So anyone that tries to tell you there's two, there's only one. And it's Jesus. Um, but in James 1.17, it says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow 
of turning. It says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. God created us to be creative people. Did you know that? If you think that you're not creative, you are creative. It doesn't mean that you have to be an artist or you have to be, um, I always say painter, anything creative that you can think of. Like there are so many more like added things into creativity that God has called us to be. And so is anybody here doing the 21 day fast, the 10 day fast? Maybe you're not fasting. Yes. Maybe you're just reading the devotional, um, your pursuit in going after God. Maybe you haven't been here. This is your first time. So if you're not fasting or pursuing God or you're not reading the devotional, it's okay. But Maybe the common place that you could connect is when the new year comes around, we all have the common thread of finding something new to do. We have the common thread of giving something up. Maybe there's a word you're standing on, whether it's from God or just a word that you felt like this should be the new year, right? So we all can kind of relate in that. But are we bringing those things that we have on the inside of us to God. The dreams, the visions you have, the new creations you have, the word that the Lord has spoken to you, are we bringing those things to God? Because God is going to take those things and allow us to pioneer in them and to walk forward in motion if it's birthed from him. But if we're leaving him over here once again, it's going to be a lot harder, right? We have to lock hands with him in that purpose of coming back to him and letting him birth those things in us to walk forward. So we are coming back to the first fruits of who he is, but also who he has called us to be and coming forth from that foundation that he has laid for us. Um, years ago, I don't know exactly how many years, but I was purposing to do my thing. And all along, I really thought I was purposing with God. But now that I look back, I'm like, you were so far off. (laughs) You were not purposing with God. You were purposing with yourself. And it got me over here. I was a believer. I love Jesus. But I was still learning how to maneuver and walk with the Lord. And one thing that I left out was sadly Jesus. <laughs> um, I wasn't pursuing him the way that I should be pursuing him. I wasn't pursuing that first fruit of coming to the Lord with my needs, the desires on my heart. But I also wasn't walking in the identity of that first fruit of who he called me to be. I felt like I needed to be all these other things that, that weren't me. And continuously... Anyone who knows me, like I, I always felt like I had to have a job and I would go do this or I would go do this. And it always came back to coming back to him to ask him what I was supposed to do. And for me, that was music. So there might be something that maybe you're thinking of right now that God has placed on your heart. Uh, it could be from when you were a little kid. But no matter what it is, I feel like God originally birthed that when you were born. Those things, those desires, those, those, um, 
creative things. Maybe, maybe you wanted to be a truck driver. You may not think you're creative. Let me tell you, God gave you the insight and the quickness to be able to drive on the road and see all the cars coming and to do all the things that you need to do. I don't know exactly all the ins and outs of that, but God gave you the ability to sit in a truck, to be able to watch the road, to deliver things that you needed to. And there's a creativity in that. So whatever it is that you are doing right now in your life, think about one creativity that God has for you. You might have to dig kind of deep, um, but there is something. So going back to when I was walking in all these ways, thinking I was going to God, but I really wasn't. I was just going to myself and asking myself, what do you want to do, Kirsty? What looks good to you? What is this person doing over here? And the comparison of all the things that we sometimes get caught up in. And in 2018, I've told this story so many times that I feel like I'm repeating it over and over and over again. But I know there's people in here that haven't heard it, so I'm going to. And it was confirmation through Pastor Lynette this morning with a word she had for me. But in 2018, uh, CW and I went in and found out that our son, Boaz, didn't have a heartbeat. And so from that day forward, we had to decide, are we going to choose to walk our own way? Are we going to choose to walk this way with God? The thing that we had dreamed of, the thing that we felt like we longed and desired for was like gone in an instant. And we had people surround us and pray for us. And we were praying for a resurrected heartbeat of our son, but we didn't see it. And so that day we left the hospital and we said, we are going to choose, right? Because it's a choice. We're going to choose to go back to the first fruits of God. We are going to have him be our first love. We know the identity of who we are. He's laid the foundation. That's the first fruits of who we are. So we're going to take that and we're going to walk forward. And I'll tell you what, we did not see the resurrection of a heartbeat that day, but we saw a resurrection of our faith. We saw a resurrection that reignited and reawakened and birthed things that were for his kingdom come. And although it's crummy to some have a situ, sometimes have a situation that you have things to be birthed from, but on the same page, isn't that life? We all have things that we're going through. We all have either self-inflicted wounds. Anyone done that? Done really dumb things and you cause the issue? Or you have things of the world that have just come, right? And so, like I said, that day we decided we were going to put God as our first. One thing that I learned in that season was the simplicity of how easy it is to just say Jesus. Have you guys ever been there when like chaos hit and everything is out of order or you're walking this path and everything is out of order and all you have to do is just say Jesus. It doesn't matter exactly what you need to pray. You just say Jesus. When we say the name of Jesus, my chiropractor told me this, and he's pretty smart. So, but when we say the name of Jesus, they, science has actually found that there are toxins in our brain that are released when we worship and we say the name of Jesus. So whatever you're going through, just say the name of Jesus and it's going to release whatever you needed to release. So bam on science, but 
I love science. If you're a scientist, we really need people like you for the kingdom of God. Uh, so going back to that, are we purposing him as our first love? And are we purposing of returning to the first fruits of who he called us to be? We have to make the choice. We have the choice. God's not going to sit there and push us. But when we step into that, he's going to excel us. I dream a lot. (coughs) And I used to think it was just something that I ate or people say, you ate pizza, you ate chocolate. It's just some weird dream. And for a while I listened to them, but I had a really amazing uh, mentor who told me that dreams mean something. And what I had learned from Pastor Lynette on dreams was there's so many different things to dissect. And so Anyway, sometimes I'll have a dream and I'll wake up and I'll write it down and then I'll just ask the Lord to show me what it is. But I, God has been giving me new dreams and different things that have come forth. Like we were in Florida, uh, in August and I woke up and I was literally singing out a song that I had never sung. And were you awake when I did that or no? No. Okay. I was like, did you hear that song? Like it was, it was like, I knew it. And then I was trying to look up the song thinking I've heard this song somewhere. Well, I hadn't, but it felt so close to me because it's something that the Lord imprinted on my heart. And so a couple of weeks ago, I work, woke up with the word innate and like, what does that mean? And my vocabulary stretches like to hear maybe like, Candace Losho used to always be like, I'm delving into this. And I'm like, do you mean diving? She's like, no, delve is a word. I'm like, okay, well, great. My vocabulary does not expand there. So I had to look up the word innate. And innate is defined from Merriam-Webster's dictionary as native, inborn, inherited, or natural. And I was thinking on this word, God, why did you give me this word innate? Well, then I started thinking, what if the innate thing is that, what if the innate thing is what I was created to do? What if the innate thing is what you were created to do? You were created with an inheritance. You were created by God's creative art. It's the natural thing for you to be in the first fruits of who you are by returning to your first love. And so as I started to think about this, I started to think of the things that are in the natural that have inheritance, the things that we birth or rebirth, whether it's dreams or bad habits or um, just pretty much anything. There's there's bad and they're good in rebirthing and reawakening things, right? But there's the things that we've let lie dormant. Have you guys ever had an idea. Anyone? I think someone ministered like a couple months ago, pastor, you have like 20 million, I don't know, something crazy thoughts a day. Right. And then we think, how can we even like process this? But if you've ever had an idea and it was a really good idea, but then you felt inadequate, you felt like 
I don't have time for that. I don't have money for that. That's never going to work. So-and-so is already doing this. Um, we've seen so many people in particular with photography, right? I don't know. We have a lot of people who do photography in this church, and it's such a beautiful thing. But at one point, it was like this photographer, and I'm not speaking exactly about anyone in here, but one photographer would be like, I can't do that because this other one is doing it. And it's like, no, God created you to do that, so do it. Don't compare your, yourself to the way that they're doing it, but do what God created you to do. And so sometimes, sorry, <coughs> We allow those things to lie dormant, and they just sit. And so when they sit, it's almost like like we have a fan in our house, and it sits, right, because we weren't turning it on in the winter, and then we just learned that if you make it go counterclockwise, it pushes the heat back down. But we hadn't done anything with it, so... The dust has lied dormant on it. It's pretty gross. Like we probably should clean that today, but our ceilings are really high. And so think about when that dust lays dormant on the fan, right? It's pretty gross. If you're not a duster, you know what I'm talking about. So when we started that fan back up the opposite way, now I'm going the opposite of you guys, it was kind of interesting like there was some little particles that fly off and (laughs) you just kind of pretend like you don't see what's going on but you really know and then you find out your kid is kind of like allergic to the carpet and (laughs) looking at my cool doctor back there if you need a good doctor um anyways so those things lie dormant because we don't do anything with them because of our own insecurities the what ifs of our own securities. I have been a what ifer of every bad thing before. Sometimes I have inherited from family. I am a what ifer. If this doesn't happen, if this doesn't go right, if I get sick, if this happens, well, that goes nowhere. So we can't be the what ifers of things lying dormant and our own insecurities because someone else is doing something because we don't have time because we don't have money. I'll tell you what, if you are pioneering going back to God as your first love and you are pioneering coming from the identity of who he's called you to be, yeah, there's going to be some failures maybe, but God is going to provide everything that you need. He's going to provide the finances. He's going to provide the time. Now, when he's providing the time, if you just sit around and do nothing, then maybe question what you're doing, but he's going to provide the things, right? Has God ever left us in need? I mean, if you truly think about it, has he ever left us without nothing? It may have felt like it, but when you look back, God doesn't leave us empty-handed. So are we purposing to return to the first love, which is Jesus, and purposing with him in our first fruits? Uh, I think it was two weeks ago when Pastor Darren spoke, and he had a quote from Bishop Joseph Garlington, I believe. Is that okay? And he said, I had to read it like five times because the way it's worded, I'm like, I'm going to say this wrong. But he said, God is trying to get you ready for what he has already. See, I just did it wrong. God is trying to get you ready for what he already has ready for you. 
Is that not coming back to the first fruits of who Jesus is and the first fruits of who he's called us to be? He's already giving you what you need. You have everything that you need. God's, God's going to rebirth and reawaken and renew things in you if you've left things lying dormant. But he's also going to create new visions and new dreams and new ideas to pursue with him. We can be increasingly creative with God's creative nature. So with that dormancy, you have the two different types of people. And I'm sure you could probably go with like there's four different types of people, five. I just get like the two very broad. And the first is those who have not yet stepped into pioneering with God. And if you were here last week, or if you weren't, Pastor Lynette had a calling at the end. And she had asked for people who were entrepreneurs to stand up. She had asked for people to stand up. If you had an idea, you just haven't started it yet. And there might have been one more. But the point is is there's the people who have not yet stepped into that pioneering, but then there's also the people who have had a dream, a vision, an idea that have just left them lying dormant. And so with both types of people, we have to allow ourselves to go back to God in that, right? We can't have the what-ifs. Where do you know? We can't have the what-ifs of the negatives, of the first fruits. We can't have the negative of God. We can't have the negative who, who we are. Because if we're truly going back to the first fruit of who God is, are we really calling ourselves stupid and that we have bad ideas and that we're so lazy that we don't have time? Because if we know who our identity is in him, we speak life. There's power through your tongue. There was an example that Pastor Trey and Heather did years ago with their daughter, uh, Chloe, and I wanted to do it with Trayson, but I was like, I don't know if he would want to like say mean things because he's such a sweet kid, <laughs> but they had a plant. They had two plants, same exact plants from the same nursery and they spoke life. They had Chloe speak life to one plant and they had her speak death to the other plant. And I remember Heather saying, I can't even let her speak death to that thing inside. It has to go outside for that to happen. <laughs> and I don't remember how old Chloe was, maybe like 10 or 11. No, I don't know. Something like that. But at the end of this experiment that she had done for school, the plant that was spoke life to thrived and was flourishing and was growing. And literally the plant that she had spoken death and curses and bad things over was shriveling up and dying. Does that not prove that our tongue has power in it? What are we speaking over ourselves? So the times that you feel the negatives of the what ifs of the insecurity of, I can't do that because this person is doing this and I'm so slow and I'm lazy and I don't have enough smarts. I used to say that all the time. I remember telling Pastor Darren, I can't do any kind of ministry school because I'm not smart enough. I hated school. I am not smart. And he spoke life into me. He spoke, you are smart, along with my husband, speaking life into that. So find yourself a person. Does everybody have one friend in here? Maybe your friend isn't here today. But does everybody have at least one friend? Because if not, you can come to me and I will be your friend. No one raised their hands. Do you guys have friends? 
okay, good. Everyone's like, I'm going to put my hand up. I don't want you to come talk to me. If you don't need a friend, I will be your friend. Like she said, I love hard. Uh, just don't tell me that I'm like mean because they'll hurt my feelings. But uh, friends are there for you. And you need someone to speak life into your own insecurities. I'll tell you what, when you go to tell someone a dream or a vision that you have, a new idea, you're going to probably sucker up a little bit because it is sometimes the most vulnerable thing that you have ever done in your life. The things God's planted in you are the closest and dearest thing to you because he's created you to do it. And you are the only one that can do that. So when you go to someone, come in vulnerability and tell them your heart's desire. Tell them what you feel like God is planting and and reawakening and rebirthing in you. They may have some questions for you and kind of like, you know, hey, what do you think about this? It's okay. They love you. They're just wanting to help you out and excel you. But if you're the person, like if I'm going to you and you come to me, I give you my idea Okay, I'll tell you my idea so now I can be held accountable. But God has told me to write a book, and he told me in 2018, and I really failed at doing that because I was like five years ago. But God has birthed this passion and desire because the place that I feel the most insecurity, the most vulnerability is telling a story about my son who died when I've had two more sons die since then. But God, but there's a little boy... Where is he? Little boy up here that was in between those children that God completely healed. They had told us that he had a skeletal disorder. And when he was born, he was completely healed of a skeletal disorder. There's some people that have told us, oh, you know, God just, or people just have missed that. They, They were off on their measurements. No, you're taking away from what God did. God healed that little boy. So my insecurity has been, you're not qualified to write a book. Have you seen my text messages? (laughs) Amen. Short rabbit trail, but we had a gentleman on our worship team years ago, Michael Kukohan, if he's watching, and I sent him a text message that said, can you send me that song you wrote? The one about making a shout to the Lord? Well, if you can only imagine the other word that came out, which I don't know how my phone picked that up because I don't say that word, but the S-H-I-T one. Send me the song about you making a poop to the Lord. He had been on our worship team like maybe a month and he's probably like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with her? So yes, I have felt disqualified. Thank goodness for my sister who will be reading my book at the end of the month to foreshadow all of the editing things that I need. But if I would have gone to my husband and said, C-Dub, I really feel called to write a book. And he said, well, that's stupid. Do you think you can do that? You don't even know what innate means. You don't even know how to put bullets on your notes that I had to redo five times and they're still in blue when they were black. I don't know how to make it work, right? If he were to pick me apart, I would have never done it. But all he's done is been supportive, right? 
So find those people that are supportive to you. And when someone brings something to you, as crazy as it may look, go with them. Ask them the hard questions. It's okay to put a little pressure on people, but don't negate and make them have those insecurities. So, (coughs) no one wants to achieve goals that people shut down right away, right? If you came into my house and you knocked on the door and I opened it and (laughs) shut it in your face, that would not be very nice. (laughs) I haven't done that other than when you're Mana and you come to the house and I didn't know you were coming or Bailey and you come to the house. I didn't know you're coming and it scared me. So I, the kids were hiding and (laughs) we don't have a peephole. So maybe after this, someone will drill us a peephole in our door, but I don't like when people, I tell people all the time, stop by our house. But then I really get like disappointed when someone does, because I don't know who's at my house and I can't see out the window. (laughs) So anyways, uh, you guys have probably heard the scripture in Matthew when it talks about the salt losing its flavor and pretty much God had said this to me. He said, we are set apart as believers to create. What are we set apart to create, create. to be the salt and the light among others lives. If we let the mundane and the complacency sit, then our saltiness loses its flavor we don't want to be the flavorless, flavorless generation. We want to be a generation that has salt, that has flavor, that's walking and growing with God and excelling and pioneering new things. There are some pretty amazing things that people have pioneered that don't love Jesus. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be doing that, but God is not giving, getting the glory from anything that they're doing. We have people sitting in here that have amazing ideas and crafts that need to be shared with the world. And what better of a people than to have us, to have you guys birth these things and to walk in them with authority and to have power and dominion and give God all the glory in them. If you're scrubbing the floor because that's what God told you to do and you made it a new surface thing to scrub the floor, give God the glory in it. God wants all the glory. We should be the ones that are the most creative, that have the best skills. And honestly, we should have the best integrity. And to tell you what, sometimes as a church, not just us, but as a church body, we've lost the integrity part. I've lost the integrity part before. We need to stand up and have the integrity of not what a Christian looks like. Because I don't know if you know lately, but the term Christian is such a loose term anymore. But I am a Christ follower. I love Jesus. I walk my life out in his ways. I should have integrity. So in the things that we're doing, we need to be set apart. We don't want to be that flavorless generation. But there's one thing that comes along with all of this. When we're trying to purpose to our first love and purpose to the first fruits of who God called us to be, there's a price, right? There's always a price. It may not be the price tag of the cost. I mean, it could be. 
But if we don't give into the cost and price of what it is, what are we really losing? We're losing so much more. There's a gentleman in here, and I won't point him out, but I met him at the first worship night uh, months ago. And I was drawn to the way that he worships God. It's not because he is obnoxious or too loud or trying to get attention. It's because he has this desire stirring on the inside of him to shout to the Lord, to sing his praises, to worship him because God's worthy of it. We should be those ones. There's a price. It's a price when you're standing here worshiping and you go, hallelujah, right? It may feel like the most uncomfortable thing to you. But I'll tell you every single time I've heard a thank you, Jesus. You're worthy, God. We praise you. That touches me. So when you hear that, let that be your breakthrough. And then when you get your breakthrough, let that be someone else's breakthrough. The same with pioneering. Right? Someone gets something. Great. Let me grab onto that. That's my breakthrough. I have a close sister that is writing a book too. And when she first told me she's writing a book, I was like, I can't write a book. She's writing a book. Right? No. That's dumb. That's so dumb. Do we have any of the same things in our life? Yes. Maybe our sense of humor. But... God has created me to do my thing. God has created her to do her thing, right? Champion each other. Pioneer the way. Her breakthrough. I might have given that person away. That person's breakthrough (laughs) helped me in my breakthrough of going, I'm putting a timeline on this. I'm getting it done. I'm having someone read it. It will be published, right? Pioneer the way. Someone else needs what you have. If we only keep it to ourselves to lie dormant, it's a waste. If we never let it to be, allow it to be birthed or reawakened, it's a waste. Don't be wasteful with the gifts and the callings of that first fruit that God's put on your life. It's for so much greater than ourselves. We've, we've learned this so many times. It's so much greater than you. Pastor Lynn and I have talked numerous times of our situation, uh, we've now had four babies go to heaven. And the last time I was up here ministering, I had told everybody that I was pregnant and we were looking for our anthem. Well, the anthem wasn't necessarily what the baby was, but the anthem is coming still. And I believe that. But the thing is, is we have to be in the place of knowing that the situation is greater than just us. If I were to allow my situation to only be for me and never allow God to use anything of it, I'm hiding it. It's being doormat. I'm not saying you have to go tell the whole world, but allow God to start to use those things. Use your situations, your gifts, your crafts, the things he's birthing to help you pioneer into that greaterness. Because it's number one, a greater calling of what God has for you. I've talked to so many people who are like, I just don't know what the next thing is. What has he called you to? What's the, what's the first thing that he told you? Go back to that first fruits of what he's called you to be, the character of who you are. 
character of who he is, what he's dwelled up on the inside of you and run with that. Okay, if you want to go ahead and come up. The one thing that I just wanted you guys to get out of this this morning was purposing, purposing, purposing. Purposing is being intentional, right? So we're purposing to be intentional with what? The first fruits of our love, which is who? Jesus. Jesus. And purposing to come back to the first fruits of who we are, which is what? Our identity. In Romans 8, 19, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creation er, eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. The earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So I want to ask you guys this today. What is the first defined dream that God has implanted in your heart? Think about that first thing. Maybe you want to write it down. Maybe you'll come back and listen to this later. But what is the first defined dream that God has planted within your heart? Own that thing and carry it. Because what you will release has the power to change the lives around you. So allow yourself to be a movement of change. Because other people need to see Jesus in you. Number two, if you are coming back to the first fruits of who he is and what he has called you to do, what would that look like for you? We're coming back to the first fruits of who he is and what he's called you to do. What would that look like? That's your purpose to bring. It's your purpose to bring the first fruits to him in your relationship and all that you do. All is what everything that we have, everything on the inside of us. Number three, are you surrendering your heart to Jesus? Are you just incorporating him? When we go this way, we're just incorporating him. We're just dragging him along. But when we purpose to take Jesus, to put him at the forefront of everything, we pioneer with him. We are co-heirs of Christ. We're intentional in our devotion. And what we get when we go this way, when we are partnering with God, we're partnering with the Holy Spirit, is the sustaining of him. Because when we do it on our own, it falls away. And then the last thing is portraying and seeing ourselves. How are you portraying yourselves and seeing yourselves? Talked about the... The word of God, right? When we speak, we bring life or death. There's power in our tongue. There's power in our tongue when we speak to others too. Your spouse, your kids, friends, the grocery store clerk, all the things. But within that, what are we speaking over our dreams? Are we in the what ifs of our own insecurity? Or are we in the what ifs of, look at what God can do, right? Let that be from where you think, you move, and you have your being in everything. 
I want to read this to you guys. It's something that I wrote a while ago. But if you guys could just shut your eyes for a minute and just really listen to this. Kayleen had, had spoke it uh, in December. And it's something that God had just been speaking in my heart. And if you come from the place of trying to pioneer in your own way, in the what-ifs of insecurities and all the things that couldn't happen, that would make things lie dormant and not allow you to rebirth the things and awaken the things that God has for you, if you come from that place and you walk into the calling that God has over here for you, of the what-ifs of the possibilities, you're going to dream and pioneer with the Lord the way that he created you to. So it says, sitting in the possibilities of the what-ifs, the what-ifs of the future, the what-ifs of hope and healing, and the positives of the what-ifs. The what-if of what I have been praying for and hoping for comes true. The what-ifs that allow us to dream and run again. The what-ifs that propel us into a greater calling the destiny that he wants to fulfill in us. It's in the moments of the what ifs that our faith is stretched and increases because we are thinking in a new heavenly perspective. It's one where there's no doubt, there's no fear, but the gap from the impossible, the gap from the insecurities is bridged together and met by the possible. It's the what-ifs of God that will sustain us, right? Because when we aren't with God, it cannot be sustained. But when we're with God, He will sustain us in living in His kingdom come. So once again, are we purposing to go back to that first love of who Jesus is? Chrissy Bouchon spoke this at the women's night and she said, my destiny is going from earth to heaven, but my assignment is bringing heaven to earth. So God is calling us back to him. He's calling us back to his first love. I want to invite you guys to keep your eyes closed, to stand up if you want, to sit down if you want, but just to receive in these next couple moments. Because in every moment that God releases, there's an invitation. And that invitation is into the momentum that he has for us. And what our job is to do is to step into what he's already created to do within us. And so maybe you're the person that came for the first time today, or maybe you've been coming for a while And you feel stirring in your heart today. Maybe there's new ideas that have come to you. And you go, I have not been that person that's walking with God. I have not been that person giving him my all. Maybe I had two kings. Maybe I didn't know that I was wrong to have two kings. But Jesus is saying, I am your first love. I am the only king. So I ask you this today. Are you purposing your first love to him? All the eyes are are shut. People are, are asking God right now, God, am I putting you first? So if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, and that's been you, 
I ask you to just slip your hand up, not to embarrass you, not, not to make you feel weird, but because I want to celebrate with you. To see and lock eyes with someone who's going to champion you. You may never say hi to me. You may never meet me. But I will champion and I will pray for you. Because God has done so many amazing things in my life. And I want you to have that opportunity. So is there anyone this morning that wants to give their life for the first time to Jesus Christ? If you would just slip your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So the next thing that I want to ask is I want the people that feel that stirring, the people that have had those new ideas, those new crafts, those new uh, things that God's awakening, the things that have lied dormant, that God's awakening you to purpose to him. I am asking if you guys would come to the front. And I know maybe you came last week. It's okay to come again, but I'm asking you to come because I want the people that are here to surround you and to see your faces so that they can be praying, they can be linking arms with you, that they can be stretching out their hands. Let's go ahead and do that. Just stretch your hands to the front. God, we ask that you would reawaken. God, awake, 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 awake. God, reawaken the things in the hearts this morning. God, we ask for new birthing of ideas. We ask for new creations, God. We ask for new longings and desires to be with you, to call you our first love. We thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for these beautiful hearts. God, we thank you for the surrendering and the yielding of your Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. God, we pray that from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, God, you would fill them up to overflow. Fill their vessel so that it overflows with new wine. That continual ideas would pour out of them. God, that their hopes and dreams and visions that have once felt lost would be revived, God. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit and these people. We thank you for that stirring. And we thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Create in them the first fruits of their identity, God. If it's been lost, God, if it's been hindered, Allow that to be recreated in them, the first fruits of who you have called them to be. I was very clearly, you can just stay up here for a minute, but I was very clearly praying the other day. And like I said, all the distractions were in my face. Friends, health, life, kids, all the things. And I sat down to rewrite this message for the fifth or sixth time with like 14 or 15 pages. And all I could hear was God say, write it in red. And what he showed me to write was things that I believe are for some of you. And so you don't have to raise your hand for any of these, but if this is you and you want to come and share at the end of this or just come tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, that was me. That just gives me confidence of knowing that I'm hearing from God. And if I miss it, that's totally fine. But I felt so deeply that God said, write it in red. And the first thing that I had wrote 
was a number eight across the whole screen. And I started asking God, what again is number eight? And he said, new beginnings. I have new beginnings. So if that's you and you are needing new beginnings this morning, receive that. The next thing he said is plant the seed and I will make it grow. God is planting seeds in us right now. It's whether we give him the opportunity to come and water them. So let the seeds be planted because he'll make it grow. Humble yourself to what is God's desire for you. It may not have been what you ever thought it was going to be. But humble yourself. God wants to do a new thing in you. And the last one that he showed me was, it is not I, but in him that I resign. And I really was trying to ask the Lord, what does that even mean? Because I felt like at first, I can't tell someone to resign from their job. And God's like, well, you don't have to, because that's between me and them. And God said, it is not I, but in him that I resign. And I believe that the Lord was showing me that there's something that you need to resign from where you are. And you need to act on what he's called you to do. Maybe it's resigning from thoughts you've had or resigning from certain actions you've had. Or maybe a hobby that's taking place of what he's called you to do. But just ask for clarification. He's, he's going to show you what it is that you are supposed to resign from in order to fulfill pioneering with him. So God, we thank you. And I just felt like I needed to sing this over you guys. But it's a declaration of our history with God. And going back to him as our first love and the first fruits. It says, you and I, we got history. We go way, way back. We go way, way back. You and I, we got history. We go way, way back. We go way, way back. God, we thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. We thank you for the first fruits of your love. We thank you for the first fruits of creating us and forming us in our mother's womb and speaking life and speaking declaration and prophesying in our future, God. We thank you for that. God, I pray that as people go forth today, that they would be recalling this week the purposing of coming to you in everything. Purposing to come to you with their needs and their desires and their dreams and their visions to pioneer a new path, a new way for you. God, whether that's pioneering in the crafts and the arts and the things that you've created on the inside of us. Maybe it's even pioneering in families. You're the first one to do something different. And that's good. Don't let anyone else tell you anything different. So God, we give you glory today. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We thank you for who you have called us to be. And God, we thank you for the offering that each and one of your children have brought this morning. 
We thank you for your presence, God. And we call forth and quicken those things that say, awake, awake, awaken us these new things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for coming this morning. I'm going to...